In this episode, I am chatting with Jen and Kate from Get Outside with Kids. It is a podcast, it is an Instagram account, and as the name absolutely would imply, they are very passionate about sharing tips and tricks about how to get outside with kids. Their podcast, they have guests on that are experts about brain science and nature science, and they talk about all the benefits, but they also share a lot of tips about how to get outside with kids, ideas for getting outside with kids, especially if you're in the Vancouver area and it does rain here. And also, you know, some of the fun fails that they've had along the way. So it is not all perfect. It is not an Instagram highlight reel of how to, you know, get your perfect children out without a scream in sight or a gastro illness. It is all about real life and how to make it possible, even in just the smallest snippets of getting outside with kids and why it's really, really good for you and your kids. So here we go. It is an awesome chat. Welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child, but I believe it also takes a village to raise a mom. I'm your host, Jillian Benke, the founder of Mom Camp, and each episode I chat with busy moms who are doing awesome things in life and work. Join us for real conversation and community because this is your village. This is the Around the Campfire podcast. Hello, Jen and Kate, and welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. Hi, Jillian. Awesome. Happy to be here. Oh, yeah, so thanks glad. for having us on and making the time. It's so funny to have two people. I've only done this probably three times in the whole time we've been doing the podcast. So uh, I love it because it's a great conversation, but it's like I end up talking over at least somebody. So I apologize in advance. Um, can you both start by introducing yourselves, who your mom's to, all the things? Right. So my name's Kate. Um, I am a mum to two little kids who are almost four and six um, and live in the Vancouver area, um, work full time and try to be a great mum at the same time. So a lot of those things are going to sound really similar to your intro, Jen, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, me and Kate always joke because in our intro, we're like, we're the same person, except Kate has a fun Australian <laughs> accent and I have a boring Canadian accent, if you were to call it that. Um, so the only difference is I have two boys, also ages six and four. I live uh, directly across the street from Kate. So when I mean we're living the same life, I mean, we live on the same street with two children at the same age. Um, I'm self-employed. I have my own company. I do social media consulting. Um, and Kate did not mention, but we were also uh, the co host of a different podcast all about parenting in a bit of a different lens. Um, our podcast is called Get Outside with Kids, where we help you, unsurprisingly, get outside with your kids. Aptly named, aptly named. Excellent. Okay. Now, did you meet as neighbors? Did you know each other before you moved across the street? Or are you like those perfect friends that like have decided to start a commune and live? It's <laughs> kind of the second one. Jen will call herself very persuasive and she kind of is. So we first met when we were working together at the Vancouver Aquarium about mm. nine years ago. And we both started within about a week of each other and we were like the new kids. So we just kind of hit it off right away. Um, and then Jen was like, <laughs> this is going to sound ridiculous. Jen was like, one, I'm pregnant. And I was like, oh, okay. And about three months later, I was like, I'm pregnant. And then she was like, I'm moving to this, this street. And about six months later, I was like, 
Um, we looked everywhere and the absolute best place to live is the street you choose. <laughs> Jen, have you been just trying to get rid of her since that? <laughs> no, oh my God. I mean, it's kind of like living the dream, right? Like, you know, when you're, you know, it. when you're like, you know, good friends. I mean, my, my best friend from high school lives in Ottawa. So I, I failed at recruiting her out here, mm-hmm. but then I found Kate and I was like, oh, okay, let's try yes. this again. Yes. Let's yeah. recruit another friend to live on my same street and get pregnant. Not once but twice within like <laughs> mere weeks of one another. It I was mean, a bit wild. I mean, part yeah. of her strategy, Jillian, is that she said to me, when, when I said, oh, we're thinking of, you know, we don't want to rent anymore. We want to buy. She was like, my uncle is a real estate agent. Like, uh-huh. oh, uh-huh. <laughs> she's got a realtor. And I don't know if she was getting a little commission on this, but like sell them a place across the road from me. And it worked. <laughs> the and only here we street are. that works out is this one. <laughs> For real. We looked everywhere and we're like, they've made kind of a wise decision here. It's a great place to live. And we'll have friends. So here we are. Um, I don't know what she's going to convince me to do next, but the podcast was my idea and I convinced okay. you, Jen. Nice. So anyway, it's true. Very true. goes both ways. But <laughs> so how long have you been running the podcast? How did that get started? Um, I think we started about two years ago, right, Jen? Two years ago. Almost two years ago. Yeah, it was about a year and a half and we were out on a walk and you were like, Jen, I have this crazy idea. And we were, I was like, before you even told me, I was like, I'm in. Cool. Whatever it is, I love it. I'm already in. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. I think, you know, we, we both, as you now know, uh, have kids of the same age and we both parented, you know, with a baby at home through those early days of COVID. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, in like 2020, having a three-year-old and a six-month-old baby, for me, I think that's kind of when I learned how to be a parent, you know, mm. like everything's removed. All you have left is yourself and your kids. And I think we both kind of got into this groove and we sort of discovered all these ways to kind of cope with parenting that I don't think I would have noticed otherwise because we're too busy going to like the music class and doing this thing over here and going to a play date. But because it was all kind of stripped away, what was left for us, and Jen and I had really similar kind of motivations and similar strategies on it, was just getting outside with our kids. And it was something we both loved to do before having kids and it was just really nice to see it kind of emerge. And I think we kind of realized after, you know, a few years of that pattern um, that not everybody saw getting outside. It's quite the same release that we did. <laughs> and we just thought this is something we want to share. We talked to a lot of people about it and we want to learn more ourselves as well. Amazing. So do you on the podcast share tips about getting outside with kids? Like a like- how many tips are there? You've got two years worth of tips. That's incredible, <laughs> right? It's because I know for me, it was fine when they were little. I can't yeah. get us have my kids now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, lots of tips. I guess we kind of go two things. So one, we've been really grateful to have some amazing guests on the show. So guests nice. who are breaking down like the science of getting outside with your kids and what's happening in your brain and some of the studies around education and helping educators get outside with more with your kids. So we have a whole bunch of great things to get outside. But then on the flip side, we're very aware in this Instagram era, and I'm here, I work in social media, I live online. Lots of what looks like getting outside with kids are these beautiful Instagram photos of these like big hikes and these monstrous adventures, which are amazing. But sometimes to a new parent, you can think like, oh gosh, if I'm not doing like a four day backcountry expedition with my newborn, I'm not doing it right. And so we also want to counter that narrative to say, one, if you are doing that, I mean, like hats off and great work, but 
the reality for most parents is something smaller, something more bite-sized. Um, and so we really try and break down like what can bite-sized adventures look like on a weeknight or at a local park. Um, and then every season we have a whole roundup of things that went wrong. So uh, we're certainly not trying to position ourselves as the experts by any means, but like even as, you know, two parents who have spent a lot of times hiking and camping with our kids, like the hilarity of just taking any age child outside, like we have so many funny stories from our guests from ourselves of just things that went wrong. And we just want to bring that laughter to other people to go like, you're not the only one who's had a blow it on the trail. Your kid literally fall in a river beside you and have to remove them from a river and take them home. That one was me. Um, so just to kind of rally around the like, you're doing a great job wherever you're at, you know, and just, just start with really small doses of outside and kind of build to whatever bigger adventures look like for you. I love that. How often do you get outside with your kids each week? <laughs> I mean, you know, we try, I would say we're trying to do it every day. Um, but, you know, I think when you hear that, it's like, oh, every day, like, oh, that means I've got to what, go to the park every day. I've got to take them for a walk every day. But like tonight, for example, my children were fighting over a backpack. I don't know why I've never shown any interest. Yes, in it, they obviously. Do. <laughs> and they were fighting and fighting and fighting. And I was like, you know what? A lot of this is not about them needing to go outside. It's about me not being able to cope in here with this sound and yelling and the screaming and so our outing tonight was I was like okay let's go and check the mailbox our mailbox is not attached to our house mm. it's just like a little way down the street so take them out they start running around out there we have a playground nearby go and just run around there for 10 minutes and come back in but the mood is so different when you do that mm -hmm. so we're not suggesting that these have got to be really big things because I find that overwhelming I mean mm -hmm. there's for sure days when it doesn't happen um but really try to focus on on those tiny opportunities and also try to remember and this is the part that I've actually feel like I've really learned from all the guests we've had you know I've had occupational therapists we've had physios we've had doctors coming on talking about what actually happens to your kids while they're outside mm -hmm. and the good news is that the lazier you are as a parent almost the better you know like that child-led independent unstructured play is like the best thing that can happen for the kid and I was like this is great news this means that I can actually just sit back the other day I took them down to the river after school. I lay down next to the river and looked at the sky. Like I didn't know parenting could be lying down on the ground. It was amazing. So I think that's something we've really kind of learned from this is it can be really, really simple. Um, and having that patience to let your kids kind of settle into it, mm. it takes time to build it. But like, I've found that really refreshing for myself. And I think that's kind of what's really important here is like, it helps me be a better parent. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So how do you, if you have a kid that doesn't want to go outside, how do you encourage them? Ooh, we've had some great guests on with tips. Um, one of the things is like, how can you gamify it? You know, especially mm -hmm. if you have a kid who's maybe into video games, depending on the age of your kids, like what can you do to kind of gamify the outdoors, whether that's getting like a literal resource from a store that's got like a outdoor nature bingo card right. or some treasure hunt that you can do. Um, remember when, remember when the whole Pokemon craze came mm -hmm. around where you're out, like even that, but it's outside, right? Like you're mm -hmm. doing something outside. Um, so finding a way to like meet your child's interest and in something they're interested in, but how do we take that lens and 
outside for something. So it's not that we want to be like screen time is bad and inside is bad, but how do we change the narrative around? Oh, you're really interested in something like this. How can we also do that outside? You're really interested in building with blocks. I wonder what we could, maybe we can just bring the blocks on the driveway and maybe it's as simple as that. Nice. Or you're, you know, like just small switches and some of those activities. If you have a kid who's really interested in you know, climb it all over the house. Well, what can we climb on outside of the house as opposed to mm-hmm. my couches um, all over the place? Um, and then sometimes it's just a like, hey, why don't we go for a walk and get, this always works. Who wants to go for a walk and get ice cream? Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, that is always a winner or we have often a popsicle or, you know, like a freezy outside in the summer. But often for me, I just need to sometimes small bribe my children out, just yeah. out the door. But then once we're out the door, we can continue on. Like getting the shoes on and getting out the door, just getting the momentum is usually the hardest part. And then once we're outside, it's it's easy to stay outside. They found mm-hmm. something to do. They're picking up some sticks and now we can go from there. I would say I that think- even goes for teenagers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just getting them out um, the door. <laughs> there are some great apps as well that actually, you know, if your kid's are kind of a techie kind of kid who likes this stuff, you can combine that with like nature. So there's one in particular called Seek and it's linked up to another very popular one called iNaturalist. And my kids who are only uh, four and six are pretty into it already, but I know a lot of older kids are too. So you can use it to identify the kind of plants and insects and animals around you. And then it gives you little challenges and little awards. So it is kind of like a, it's not like a full blown video game, but there are parts of it, like Jen said, that gamify, like mm-hmm. actually observing nature around you. And then maybe you take it one step further and say, could you sketch that, you know, and like trying to build those powers of observation, which are really important in that kind of thing. I think the other part as well, and particularly from our guests who've had teenagers, um, but I think this applies to any age is making it a social thing. So saying, hey, you might think I'm as your mom, like a really big dork, and I probably can't change that. Um, and I'm probably going to have a hard time convincing you to come hiking with me or walking with me but would you bring a friend like I don't have to talk to you you can be 10 meters in front of me because you're so embarrassed to be around me that's cool but like let's just try and do it together in some way um or another family um who I met actually at a backcountry trip and their teenagers absolutely did not want to hike with their parents they were camping out in the backcountry and they said okay well why don't we give you all your gear and set you all up and you plan to come and meet us at this campsite. And so it made it like uh, they had a, a way of communicating between themselves, but gave them the independence. It's like mm-hmm. age appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> age right. appropriate. Don't do that with your four and six year old, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See you there. Um, <laughs> so like finding that age appropriate, you know, spot where they can feel like they have some independence, but it's a safe way to explore it. And this family looked like they're they're kind of very harmonious I was like I can't believe those kids don't want to hike with you but they're like yeah they don't want to be around us on the hike they're happy to meet us at the campsite so I don't know I think it's like a social piece and making sure that they have the independence that's appropriate for their age as well awesome awesome okay I have a question because we live around the Vancouver area what do you do in the rain oh we get outside Gillian, we get outside. Um, we talk about that a lot. But that's crying. No. I think it's all about, I mean, here in Vancouver, you have to embrace the rain. Like uh, me and Kate, neither of us are from the Vancouver area originally. And I feel like the first thing you did when you move here is like, one, invest in good rain gear, like invest (laughs) in those, what's going to keep you dry. And two, 
find activities you can do in our winter months. So mm-hmm. um, for us, both of our families, uh, we ski all of us. I mean, I'm using, I'm using air quotes here because our youngest children don't quite ski at four, but they have particularly not our three and four year olds. Yeah. <laughs> they have put skis on their feet and the skis have been on the snow. Um, but we ski, we as moms have a mom's ski night. So us and the adults, we ski nice. every uh, once a, once a weeknight as well. And then same thing, like we just have it here, you know, in the darkness of December, it's mm-hmm. quite bleak in December here. And luckily where we live, there's lots of houses that do beautiful, uh, you know, Christmas and holiday lights. And so, you know, by five o'clock, it's so dark, but you just have to be like, we're going outside, get an umbrella, get all our rain gear on. And it's kind of the same thing again, to be like, I know getting out the door is going to be difficult because I've got to get everyone's rain boots Mm -hmm. and everyone's rain pants and jackets on. But then we go out and I tell my kids like, let's go look at the Christmas lights. Let's go do one lap around the block. And if we're thoroughly soaked, we can come back. But usually nine times out of 10, we end up staying out longer than we thought. Sometimes we do come back quite soaked to get a cup of hot chocolate and it all works out. Sometimes you come back after five minutes because somebody immediately fell in a puddle and is now soaked through and and that happens too. But I feel like we have just learned to embrace the rain Mm -hmm. to the point where Kate and I and another mom, we had this every year we do a mom's hike, like a mom's only hike, a very big adventure. And as you can imagine, as you know, trying to coordinate three or four moms on a weekend in the summer to do a big day hike is like nearly impossible. So we had penciled in this one day, this very, very big mountain here, Golden Ear Summit, um, and sure enough, the weather said, it said mostly rain. And we're like, surely it won't rain the entire day. It mm. will stop raining. <laughs> we hiked for 10 hours. And I think nine of the hours were in the rain. And we got to the top, Kate, remember? And we saw no view, not nothing. nothing. <laughs> it's like this beautiful, glorious 360 degree view. And I don't know why we bothered. There was absolutely nothing to see. <laughs> I think the, the weather thing though, like I'm from Australia, so mm-hmm. In Australia, when it rains, you're like, go outside. Like, why would we? We can just wait 10 minutes and the rain right. will stop and then we can go outside again. It's nothing like it is here. But I think, you know, just that that attitude shift of like, well, we can. <laughs> I think it wasn't rain last year, but it was definitely cold and dark in Chris- around um, Christmas time. And we were planning to have an indoor Christmas celebration with some friends, lots of little kids, lots of adults. And as you can imagine in December, particularly last December, like pretty much everyone was sick. Mm-hmm. And my kid had this cough that I was like, I feel deeply uncomfortable bringing people into my house with a kid who's making that sound. And so it was actually, it was a clear night. It wasn't raining, but it was cold. And we decided to take the party outside. And like, I don't think that's ever occurred to me, maybe until doing this podcast, to have an outdoor party at like five o'clock on a weekday in December. But it was amazing. We put some music outside. We got lots of hot chocolate, lots of pizza. All the kids were rugged up so much. They couldn't feel anything anyway. Um, and then we all went on a little walk and looked at the Christmas lights, all these little kids in suits. It was adorable. And I think just like that attitude of like, whatever you're doing inside, you could probably take it outside mm-hmm. somehow. Jen and I have definitely had many picnics sheltering under, we know exactly where all the shelters are at our local parks, where you can hide from the rain because it rained on the walk there. And then you're like, well, kids, this is the activity we're going to see. So many times, so many times. Sit under a shelter and have a snack. And they're all sitting there like, what? Like, yeah, it's great, isn't it? Isn't that wonderful? So I don't know. I just think it's an attitude shift for me. that has definitely happened in the last couple of years. And more so when you hear from all these people in our podcast about like all the amazing things that happens to your brain, your kid's brain, to their muscles, to how they move, to how they see the world, to their creativity from just Mm -hmm. from being outside. That's all it is. 
Yep, totally. I love it. I know we were in Tofino a couple of years ago and it we went to go into town and it happened to be the rainiest day of September. I was there that and, day too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we ended up finding a place to eat that was um there was little shelters and so we had to get really close to each other and it was dripping all around us but where we were exactly was dry and we just kept saying like kids this is an adventure like this is awesome and then I'm not going to do an ad for this particular shoe brand but I'm going to endorse this shoe brand so we just went away on this trip to the eastern U.S. And there might have been rain in the forecast. And so I thought, okay, that's it. You know, my kids are 16 and almost 14. Their feet are still growing, but not quite as much. And so I invested in Vessies. Oh, yeah. I have Vessies. I love them. They're great. And I mean, the white ones are very hard to keep clean. But I I let them pick the Vessies they wanted. Also, my son has trouble with laces. So they were actually perfect because they're just Mm pull-ons once they're they're tied up. And I said, okay, so if it's going to rain, you know what? you're just your feet won't get wet this will be awesome don't worry about it and then that just sort of opened things up for them right like just that understanding it sort of reframed being outside for them because they knew their feet wouldn't get wet mm-hmm. like it's just you know my son can be a bit precious when it comes to his feet getting wet so he'll wear like the most ridiculous big boots we live a block from the school and he's <laughs> and I'm like but yeah, it's true. I mean, if I'm the same. If I'm not comfortable, I can't focus on anything else. And I have no, a kid who's sure. very sensitive to socks, yes. very sensitive to socks. So I can only imagine if she had wet socks, like it would be a oh, disaster. It's horrible. It wouldn't work. It's We've also horrible. been to Tofino in that kind of weather, you know, when it's pouring with rain. Yes. Actually, last year we went on a trip, Dan and I, to the point that I don't think we'll ever go again. Um, it, ran- <laughs> it was so bad. It's it in our fails. If you listen to our fails. Trip. Oh we gosh. had separate fails separately for our families to the point where our families couldn't even hang out with one another because oh, our no. fails were each, each uniquely so bad. <laughs> My different oldest son, sicknesses, different, different. Oh, so awful. We left tense. Oh my gosh. Everything oh, about it. Um, oh, no. Yeah. And, and it basically culminated with Jen leaving like a day early, our tent leaking completely through. We had no shelter sitting out in the rain, trying to eat a meal. And then a kid getting gastro on the entire drive back (gasps) so like everything that went wrong went wrong and we still say that you should get us well it's gonna happen right like it's so funny we got a little trailer a few years ago it was our pandemic project and so now we camp in a little trailer and we love it Mm. and it's so cozy so on rainy nights we're like this is awesome and we put on like a movie on the tablet or whatever and then everybody's just so excited and we have a tent that goes outside as our shelter but the last night we camped, we woke up and my husband and son were on an air mattress and we were on a separate air mattress, me and my daughter, and theirs had deflated to the point that they were on the ground. And we just like the, the tent was like starting to, we we're like, okay, we're done. The tent didn't come home with us. The air mattress didn't come home with us. We were like, we're done. But now camping is a little bit more glampy, but uh, yeah, yeah, I love it. You just, you have to reframe. We got married in the wettest day of 2004 oh oh yeah summer died on our wedding day (laughs) so we've always just kind of had that like I was like oh it was an outdoor wedding entirely 
And we was like, here we go. Let's do it. We had marquee tents and stuff. Um, they collapsed three days after we were waiting for them to dry off. We were waiting for the rain to stop. And three days after they went, they still hadn't stopped. And my husband had been going up and like releasing water that was gathering on the marquee tents. And then they just, they collapsed. Like it was oh just, my gosh. it was terrible. But then that sort of like, it rained on our honeymoon when we were outside eating dinner. Like it rained in Tofino with the kids. Like it's sort of become this thing with our family <laughs> that like, now. it has to be an adventure. You have to yeah. turn it into an adventure or it's going to be a bad time for all, right? Yeah, we, I mean, this Easter, my family, we try and go camping at Easter and we've rented some little trailers before we don't have our own. We've rented different ones to try them. And this Easter, we went to a campsite pretty close to home and Jen and her family and another friend and her family came out to visit. I don't know if you remember Easter this year, Jillian, but it, I like, remember. <laughs> it was like torrential rain and it didn't let up but we were out there I don't know why maybe because by the time April comes around we're like desperate we love camping desperate to get outside so excited for adventures but it just poured and poured and poured and poured and poured but Jen and this other friend turned up and I think we ended up spending something like three hours outside with the kids we had a fire going we had one shelter which was failing by the end because there's Uh just no way to stand up to that sort of downpour but we had some hot chocolate going. I think it was my birthday. It was somebody's birthday. Oh, it was one your of my birthday. kids' birthdays. It was your birthday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Um, and we had cake. And the kids, like, we have good quality rain gear. Like, a yeah. lot of it we buy secondhand and we go for the good stuff, you know, when you see it and you listing oh, yeah, yeah. that listing. So our kids were actually fine. And I think it was a really good reminder to us that, like, I didn't, I certainly didn't want to go outside. I bet you didn't want to come, Jen, from your no, place. We <laughs> Me and our other friend were texting like, are, are you still going in this rain? And then we were both kind of like, well, I'll go if you go. Um, <laughs> but we all went and like we got there. We like layered our kids up like you wouldn't believe, like snow pants and rain pants mm-hmm. kind of like layering. But the kids, I kid you not, like they weren't even in the shelter, hardly at all. Yeah. They were out running around in the mud, in the rain, climbing in the trees. And after three, I mean, by the end of three, three and a half hours, we're, you know, we're going to start to get a little cold, a little wet. And we literally had to like peel the clothes <laughs> off and squeeze them out and put them in the trunk. But all of our kids were like, like their base layers were still dry yeah. like, to their skin. They were still dry. We put the kids in the car and I was like, well, it was raining at home or it was raining here. And we just spent half a day outside in the rain. Um, and I think a lot of it comes down to how your behavior is. Like if you are yes. the parent or like, uh, it's raining, blah, this sucks. Like your kids pick up on that energy. Absolutely. But if you were kind of like, yay, it's raining and we're going to have an adventure anyways. And honestly, that's the only campfire we got all season was that campfire. Cause of course campfire right. band for the rest of the summer. Um, so I was like, that was our one campfire for the year guys. So thank goodness we went on that rainy day and we had a real campfire. That's awesome. You know, I, I think the other thing about it that like, when we think about this stuff and, and you know, sometimes people talk about going outside with kids like we do in our podcast, <laughs> talking about going outside for the kids. And I think actually the reason why I like to do it is is probably more for me and my mm-hmm. own sanity and my own well-being. And there's just, you know, like we've all been there as parents, that absolute complete sleep deprived state where you can barely see, you know, like for me, it hit when my second kid was about 12 months old Mm -hmm. and I had a three-year-old as well. And my kid was up maybe six times a night. (laughs) It was so bad. And I just remember this one walk where it actually kind of hit me. Like 
I feel so much better outside and it doesn't matter what's going wrong, whether there's kids falling in mud, sitting down in rivers, tents collapsing, the fresh air alone is enough to Mm -hmm. be like, Hey, I'm human. I'm going to survive this. Like I, I can get through it. And I think that's what I cling to when I'm finding parenting really hard. One of our friends says she thinks we only do half the parenting when we're outside. And I think that too, particularly with little kids, hopefully it's the same with your teenagers. If they're in that habit of like exploring and playing and and getting around independently as they kind of get older, but you don't have to break up as many squabbles. They're not as loud. You don't have to just because they're outside and the loud, Mm -hmm. the noise isn't sort of bouncing off the walls. Um, And, you know, once they're comfortable outside and they're wearing the right things, so they're dry, they can get really deeply into that play where you just step back. Yeah. And then you talk to your friend and you're like, how are you? <laughs> Remember <laughs> <Totally>. you? <laughs> and so I think it's, it's you know, it's not really just the kids, obviously. Uh, it's a real survival mechanism for me. And when I find myself getting more and more anxious inside mm-hmm. about like, oh, this so, it's getting really annoying. It's getting tough in here. That's the time when I'm like, I will do much better outside, mm-hmm. even if the tent's collapsing on top of me. Um, ideally, nobody has gastro, but... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's always a plus, but I, I agree because when, for me, it's a change in environment. So if I can physically get my kids when they're screaming at each other, if we can just say that's it. And we go outside this, it's like a threshold, right? Yeah. You step over the threshold. It's a completely different situation. Like my Mm -hmm. son will never choose to go out unless it's to go look at planes. And (laughs) that's how he spends all his time outside. But, um, but then as soon as he gets out, he goes, I don't know why I was so upset. I'm, I'm glad we came out. Like, it's just, it's a change in perspective. It's a change of mm. environment, just shifts everything. So, yeah. One of the guests we had on the podcast this year, um, I also, I'm actually, she's one of my work colleagues too. Um, her name's Dr. Melissa Lem, and she's a family physician um, and she works on the Parks Prescription Program. And so this is a nature prescription program all throughout Canada and Uh, doctors, nurses, and healthcare professionals can prescribe time in nature to patients for all kinds of reasons. And I find it so fascinating. It makes sense when you think of where we've come from. We're animals. We're supposed to be outside. But when you actually look into it and and look at all this evidence-based research, and you can see that like, if you're going outside, pretty much every health condition can improve. Um, And one of the most important things about it, which I try to keep in mind when I'm like, oh, we only just went down to the park just down the street today it wasn't a big alpine adventure it wasn't something huge but what she was saying to us is that the health benefits can actually come from a sense of awe when you're Mm. outside and so I've been trying to think like my kids have that sense of awe all the time how do they get it they get it mostly by slowing down and observing something like a caterpillar Mm. or a duck my kid was so excited to see like a common duck you know I we have a little birding book thing I looked it up and I'm like that's like the most common (laughs) duck Um, (laughs) but that sense of awe and you know the feeling that you've experienced awe is actually what leads to the health benefits of getting outside nature I find that fascinating because it really is about your mindset You don't have to go to like some wilderness place and have a really wild experience. You've just got to slow down and have that appreciation for what's Mm -hmm. around you. Ideally with your kids, not totally losing it at each other. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think that, you know, that the health benefits for parents are real when you get outside with your kids and you have even a few moments where you can observe what you're seeing around you and have that, that sense of awe for yourself. 
it's like a practice of gratitude right yeah. and also yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. self-perpetuating because that for, like gratitude the more you th- look for things to be grateful for the more you notice things to be grateful for the more you have that sense of awe the more things that will bring that sense of awe mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah I love it that's awesome I have some questions that I ask all my guests so we're okay. gonna see how this goes with two guests so here we go so from each of you take turns how do you define balance for yourself and for your family You go first, Jen. (laughs) I know. I mean, so I run my own business. I have two kids. I'm super into outside, obviously, and working out. I feel like balance isn't really the right word because I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, but it it implies that everything is one equal and that I'm trying to figure it out. Um, I think there's days where I want to always make sure that I'm focusing on my top priorities in whatever order that is. And those priorities are going to shift. Some days for me as a business owner, my priority is work that day. Mm -hmm. And other times my priority, of course, is my children. And also sometimes my priority is me (laughs) Uh, because I'm allowed to be a top priority too. So I'm not sure there's the right way to balance those things, but I certainly always build in time, ideally for all three every day. So for me, I work out in the morning almost five days a week. Uh, without fail. Um, even if it's like 20 minutes, you know, like at home on my carpet in my living room, uh, because that time is like me time because then no matter what happens in my day, I got like 20 minutes in for me, then I can get work done and then, you know, prioritize my mm-hmm. kids in the evening. Um, I think as moms, the hardest one of all those three is always self, right? We always, mm-hmm. if, if you are a working parent, of course, you're, you know, you're doing your job. Um, of course, we prioritize our children. And I think we don't prioritize ourselves enough. Um, and part of getting outside that me, I think, and Kate, I think we do a pretty good job of is getting outside without children oh, as good. well. Yeah. Be a different um, podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's a different podcast. Um, but we do, we do talk about that on the podcast too. Like the benefits of getting outside without children is also important. Mm-hmm. And so I think I I work really hard to make sure that I have time for that every day, even if it is just twenty minutes. But just like that, I've taken twenty minutes for me, wh- mm-hmm. whatever time of the day that is. So I don't know. That's a very long winded answer, but I'm not sure that like balance is is ever perfect. But just right. I want to make sure I'm ticking at, at least a couple of those boxes every day. <laughs> totally. I don't see it as a destination. I see it as a verb right? Like, so it's Mm -hmm. not like I'm trying to achieve balance. I am balancing. And fun fact, the planner that I've just published is called priority mom, because it's all about making sure moms know how to prioritize, but get themselves on that list as well. So there you go. I love what you're saying. Perfect. And Kate, please. I think for (laughs) me, um, I think it's important to recognize the seasons of your life that kind of redistribute those priorities, you know, like work comes in for me, at least sort of comes in waves of like mm-hmm. when it feels busier, when it feels more manageable. I think when you just say balance, I think more about that feeling inside that like, mm. not that I'm in control because I don't think we're in control of anything, but that like I can cope with what's happening. <laughs> and yeah. I know the things that make that feeling. you know, it's kind of, I'm, I'm pointing at my chest. It's like right in here where you feel like, I've got, I've got some sense of things being under control here. Mm -hmm. And I tend to feel like that when I am exercising, when I'm making time to see friends, um, when I spend time with my kids, I think the thing that sort of threatens that for me the most is probably mum guilt. I find it hits me at pretty much every transition I've ever been in, (laughs) in my career, in my kids, you know, daycare, school, whatever it is. Um, and trying to, you know, what helps to balance that guilt out, I guess, and how to sort of deal with that internally and spend enough time with my kids in quality kind of (laughs) quality time, um, to be able to balance out the mum guilt. And ideally I would like to get to a point where the mum guilt doesn't exist at all. That's, that's my destination. Yeah. I like it. 
I like it. That's awesome. Uh, okay. So I know that you both make time for self-care. So that's one of the questions is, do you make time for self-care? And then with a follow-up of what does that look like to you? So anything you'd like to share about self-care aside from being outside, working out all the things or any like things that you just really consider self-care? I feel like we summed it up. I I really did. I'm just throwing the question out there. (laughs) I I mean, I think go, you go ahead, Kate. Um, I feel like having, I think self-care and having somebody to confide in and somebody to Mm. really talk through real stuff. I think that one sort of doesn't really feature a lot of it's like, Oh, you went and had a massage or you went for a walk every day, or you made a cup of tea and read a book. And like, I love those things Mm. too, but I find so much comfort in being able to talk with a friend in a non-superficial way. Um, and, you know, like Jen and I actually went out this week with a friend uh, to celebrate a promotion. And it was like amazing to be able to talk properly to each other and to actually get to the root of some things that are going on with whatever your relationship, your career, your kids transitions, you know, all of those kind of things. And I think when I'm doing that, I feel, I feel more balanced, I would say. I love that. That in over two years of podcasting, I have not had that answer. And I yes! love it. Yes. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> and Kate, that's funny because what I was going to say was kind of similar to that, that one of the reasons I, I love to choose hiking with a friend as my self-care is because mm. one, you get outside, two, it's exercise. But three, I usually find for hiking, there's something about hiking, especially because you're not gazing to each other's eyes, that often you do get into these heavy topics. Like I know with Kate and with other mom friends, like, you know, if you're going on a bigger hike where you've got two, three, four, five hours ahead of you, you know, at the first hour is like, what's new with the kids? And you're all surface. And by hour three, you're like digging up past yeah. trauma and you're talking about what's going on. And you're getting like the stories we have told on some of our hikes that because you've had that intensive time together and there's something about going through maybe the pain of hiking with vulnerability. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> vulnerability. Um, and I think that's really self-care. Like, I love how Kate said that, like having people you really can confide in to share Mm -hmm. those moments on. Like, I feel like Kate, there's so many conversations I've had with you on a trail that I've probably never had with anybody else. And that wouldn't have happened if we weren't in that setting. It gets deep. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. That's so amazing. Thank you for sharing that. That's so great. Okay. This is the big one. What is the biggest lesson you have learned as a mom? Oh man. That I know nothing at all. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Right. Like anytime I feel like I've learned a lesson, Mm -hmm. we actually just did an episode on the best and worst advice we've heard. And the only, the only piece of advice that I can think of that was the best advice I'd heard or that was positive in any way was do what works for you. It's super simple, but I think that for me is like trying to drown out the noise of what everybody Mm -hmm. else is doing try to, you know, go with the advice and the suggestions that resonate and that feel like, oh, that makes sense for our family. Yeah. Um, whether that's about, you know, sleep training a baby or screen time for kids or where you choose to school your kids or how or how you interact with grandparents, whatever it is that feels like it resonates with you and doesn't make you go like, oh, well, I guess I kind of have to because everyone else says I should. So I don't think I've really learned anything other than do what works for you. And even then, I definitely haven't nailed that. So hopefully you have a more insightful one, Jen. Oh, gosh. Um, I think what's really come to light to me and I, me and Kate often talk about this. So I have I have two boys, just the same way Kate has two girls. And I think if you do have two children who are the same, uh, the same gender, uh, 
they're already their own people. And I think as I've, my, my boys have gotten older now, like I need to parent them for who mm-hmm. they are, you know, because they're already, they're, they're so different. My two kids are like night and day so different. And I mean, I think we, you know, we're, we're living in the same house. We've had the same, they've had the same circumstances since birth growing up, but man, are they different people. And so I need to adjust my parenting to best mm-hmm. reflect each of my children, not to Kate's point, like, well, the book says do this. And it's like, nope, uh, kid number A needs this type of parenting from me. And kid number B needs this type of parenting for me. And I really have to do my best to adapt as best I can to each of my children and really accept them, of course, and allow them for where they are. You know, they're Mm going to be their own people. And I think, you know, with your first kid, especially you think like, oh, look at me, I've done a great job. They turned out like this. And then kid number two comes along and you're like, (laughs) oh no, I actually don't know anything about parenting. They're just their own people. And sometimes you get an easy kid first or a more challenging kid first. And it's really just, they're their own unique personalities and we have to adapt as best we can. It's so true. Jillian, you have, I would love to hear your answer to this because your kids are older than ours. What's okay. the, the also, best lesson you've learned as a mom? In two years of podcasting, nobody's ever turned that back on. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, I can't help it. but interview you here. <laughs> <on> the- <laughs> but actually, no. Um, okay. Biggest lesson I have learned as a mom. Is that I am a human raising humans. And humans make mistakes and humans have feelings and reactions and emotions that pop out and you're not a bad mom for doing that. You're not wrong. You can apologize if it feels like you need to apologize (laughs) for what happened, but you're a human and you shouldn't beat yourself up for having a human reaction because it can get hard. It can get really frustrating. It can become soul crushing (laughs) and you're going to have a reaction to that you don't become a robot the day you become a mom right so yeah that would be it give yourself grace I love that I love that too I remember when now that I'm a parent like when you're a kid you think your parents are like perfect and they have all the answers and then I'm a parent and I'm like oh my god I know nothing my parents are just regular people I guess just like I'm a regular person who doesn't have all the answers and and I am uh, sometimes known to be quick to anger if my husband listens to this podcast (laughs) certainly agree and I know so relaxed (laughs) I am working on patience every day of my life uh but it's hard it's hard when you have a challenging child who was mm-hmm. throwing it back in your face and you have to take some deep breaths and walk away because mm-hmm. yeah, it's really hard it's hard to not lose it sometimes yeah absolutely absolutely and I have lost it and yeah. I have apologized and I have you know like mom guilt comes in strong but you know I there have been some situations where I don't know how mother Teresa would have handled it so you know I'm going to give myself yeah. some grace so mm-hmm. yeah yeah amazing thank you for asking me that look at you with all the like firsts for me yes I know okay how can our listeners connect with you great so you can find our podcast get outside with kids anyway you listen to podcasts we'd love it if you hit subscribe you can follow us over on instagram at get outside with kids where we share lots of reels we never show our kids faces but we have lots of reels of our kids in different situations different places and they're often with the 90s and early 2000s uh theme music because that's what resonates with us right now um you can also find all of our episodes on our website at www.getoutsidewithkids.com 
What a perfect elevator pitch. That was like slam dunk. That was awesome. (laughs) You guys rock. Thank you so much for being here. This has been awesome. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks for having us. This was a lot of fun. I'm glad we got to, uh, you know, get some new firsts on your podcast. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay. Everybody listening, get outside with kids, both to follow the podcast and know the name, but also get outside with your kids. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks guys. Thanks. Thank you. All right, mamas, that's it for today. For more info about this episode, you can check out the show notes at momcamplife.com slash podcast. Hang out with us on Instagram at momcamplife. And if you love this episode, please share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in and join us next time around the campfire.